You're listening to Thinkers What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary. Today, Zach Enderly with Design Build by Architects. We're going to discuss starting and growing a successful architecture firm in a crowded marketplace. Today, we're here with Zach Enderly with Design Build by Architects, an architecture firm here in Rockford, Illinois. Zach, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Tell us, Design Build by Architects, what is it that you do? Well, just basically by the name, it kind of explains it a little bit, but design build work in the construction industry and architecture industry basically means that we team up with the general contractor early on in the project, basically while the design is still going on or the design hasn't even started yet sometimes. And uh, basically we just put our heads together and we team up and they're construction professionals too. And basically in a more traditional approach to the process, um, the architect, uh, the owner will reach out to the architect. We do a full set of construction documents. We send it out to five different general contractors and they put a price on it. But uh, unfortunately, the first time the general contractor actually sees the drawings is when they're done. So they're construction professionals. They have a lot that they can bring to the table. So um, design build is just a kind of a construction delivery approach where we work with a contractor really early on in the process and they can kind of give us their insight early on so we can still make those changes before it's too late, I guess. So what's the deliverable on that? What's the benefit to somebody working with this design build process? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the one of the biggest, uh, I guess, advantages to it is you'd streamline the whole process. So for example, while we're doing our drawings, the contractor has an idea of what's going on. So they can do cost estimates, for example, they can give firm construction prices to the owner, uh, really early on in the project. Uh, the process, I guess you could say. And, um, and also we can, we can start to submit drawings to the city earlier. So for example, you can kind of do things in packages. So for example, if it's an existing building, we can do a, a demo package with their kind of insight early in the process, um, get the demolition started. And then you could do a foundation package too. Uh, so kind of as, as you can imagine how construction kind of sequences, you can almost submit drawings at, at that sequence too. And the contractors involved, they know what's going on and the whole process really just moves along much quicker. So this is a new concept. It's, I think it's, I don't know that it's necessarily a new concept, but it's more, uh, more widely acceptable, I guess you could say. Um, still there's some entities, like if it's a public project, for example, they still want to do it the old fashioned way where you do drawings and specs and you, that's their way, I guess, of saying they want to get the best price is they want to bid it out to five GCs and get all of them to kind of give their input on it. But in my mind, in my experience, uh, architects, for example, I don't think are the best uh, cost estimators because we don't have our, our finger on the pulse of what, you know, how hungry everybody is, for example. You know, if, uh, if a specific general contractor doesn't have a lot of work going on, maybe they're more willing to give you a lower fee for the project. But in my mind, if the owner knows how much money they want to spend, it's, it's a lot more advantageous, I think, to have the general contractor on, on board. Say the owner wants to spend a million dollars. How about we work towards that million dollars and we're not over-designing this thing? Because what, what I've seen happen before is the owner wants to spend a million dollars. We think we're spending a million dollars until we send it out to five GCs and the lowest price is 1.3 million. You know, because we're just not the best, like I said, in my in my mind, you could talk to other architects in town. I think they'd agree. We're not the best cost estimators. So the owner wanted to spend 1.3 or 1 million. You're, you're saying it's going to cost 1.3. So now there's a delay. You got to redesign it to kind of get it back down or the owner just ends up paying more. You know, it's just kind of. How did you stumble across this concept? 
Oh, actually, I mean, this is what I was brought into I, right out of college. Um, I graduated college in 2010. That was when the construction industry, there's lots of peaks and valleys. It was at a big time valley at that point. I was looking for a job for over a year. And I wanted to stay in Rockford too, because that was, you know, this is where I grew up. This is where I'm comfortable. But also uh, you just see the sort of the potential, you know what I mean? I mean, I work downtown now, you guys are downtown and you just kind of see all these, you know, underdeveloped areas and, and buildings that really could get turned around and make this a thriving area. So I really wanted to, and my family's here, you know, that was a big thing too. Um, my mom probably would have been upset if I moved away too far at least. But um, just the fact that, you know, I came back here for over a year, I couldn't find a job. And then a friend of mine had an internship from architecture school, I had an internship with uh, Ringland Johnson Construction. And he just said, what if you just gave them a call to see if, I didn't even know they had an architecture firm as a part of their, you know, company. So I just happened to give them a call when they got two new projects for their architecture department and they needed help. So um, that one week window where I called, I got hired on and quickly started to kind of build a good report with their staff. And about three weeks after I got hired, they lost one of those big projects and they didn't necessarily need me on hand, but they kind of saw some value in me. So they actually moved me to their construction team. So I didn't even have anything to do with architecture. It was all just construction. I worked at a power plant in Clinton, Illinois for a while, just strictly construction stuff. But they specialize in design build stuff too. That's what the architecture firm that's there, they do design build work only with Ringland Johnson Construction. Ringland so, Johnson was part of the team that built the jail, our $200 million jail. Yeah, they don't. I mean, if you if you look around the area, I mean, some of the buildings that they've done, they've done some of the more high profile, you know, the Swedish American Cancer Center, they've done uh, a lot of work at Rock Valley College, a lot of those big projects. But we're so. still in the recession at this point. So at what point, if I remember your story, um, that didn't, how long did that last? So actually the, the worst part about that really, it was unfortunate, but um, the architect, because you have to do an internship as an architect under a licensed architect. And they had one when I first got the job, which was so appealing to me because I was like, you know, maybe stay here for, for a little while, depending on what his, you know, route is, you know, I don't know if he wants to move on. Maybe he wants to retire or something along those lines. Maybe I could be the head architect here in a short amount of time. Yeah. Well, he actually was let go just shortly after I got hired. So it was really unfortunate at that point because I was like, you know, I need to get my internship done, but he's gone. I can't, I don't know if I could do it here, but I also don't have the luxury of finding a new job very easily. Right. But there was, I mean, some very tangible advantages of staying there. It's, they're still construction professionals and why wouldn't you want to work for a general contractor? I mean, this is a, this is a relationship that you're going to have to have not necessarily with Ringland Johnson, but that GC architect relationship. Why not kind of get the ins and outs on what they like to see on drawings or, or just how they function, just how, sure. how the business functions. So for me, that was just an invaluable experience just to be able to work with them. And, and like I mentioned, they do design build work with the internal architecture team. So you just see the advantages of that streamlined process uh, working with them. And, and that was my first exposure to really just the industry in general. And then, then to see it kind of work that way. I worked for a few architecture firms after that that did some design build work, but not in that way. And I just always would gravitate back towards, you know, having that really tight relationship with the GC and how, how much of an advantage it was. So, so what brought you to the decision to launch your own firm? Well, this was, you know, like we kind of discussed, I was, I was in a very good position. I worked at Savager Gellhausen Architects. I had just gotten a, a promotion not too far before that, where I was the 
my title was the senior associate. So I, I mean, we had discussions, you know, about what my future would be with the firm. And I had a lot of respect for the partners there and, uh, just the whole team, not just the partners, but just the whole staff there. It was a really tight knit group. And then out of nowhere, one of my best friends from college uh, called me up and said, I knew he had already, he had owned his own firm in the quad cities area and, um, was just blowing up. And he was just like, Zach, I need you, man. I need you on my team. Uh, he, he knew too, because the name of his firm, I mean, that's, that's what he named. It was design build by architects, specializing, specializing in design build work. He worked for a developer, but in that same design build role, they were the contractor and the architect. So he knew that I had that experience and he knew that I had that experience or just, just the experience working with the GC in that capacity. So, and we were great friends, so he was comfortable with me. So he said, uh, would you want to be my partner? And I was like, man, it's kind of crazy. You know, my wife's about to start nursing school, so she's not going to be working. We just have a, we have a six month old daughter and, uh, it's just, seems like it's too much right now. I'm, I'm kind of cozy right now. I got a steady income coming in, you know, we're going to be busy for a while. I didn't, I could kind of see into the future and know that, uh, it was just a good place for me. So I kind of, you know, we talked about it, but I wasn't too interested. And then he called me back a month later and was like, no, seriously though, like I'm, I need help bad and I need your help. So he wanted me to move there, but, um, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I stayed around here for a reason. I like the area. Plus, you know, my, my wife's family, we needed to stay close to her family too. Um, her dad had, had been going through some, uh, health issues. So we wanted to stay close, close by for that too. And, uh, we talked about it again and I kind of shut him down. I was like, no, I'm, I'm happy. So a couple of weeks later he called me back and he was like, you know, I think we can make this work if you just opened up an office in Rockford. And I was like, okay, I'm, I, you know, I'm listening now. And then he said, you know, I basically have enough work for both of us for a year and you don't have to get any new projects. So that kind of takes that risk off you, for you sure. know? Yeah. So, um, I got enough money to cover your rent, get all your equipment and, uh, get, you know, get you a space. And then we could just, you know, you can slowly start to work into the Rockford market, but in the meantime, you could just help. I need your help on these quad cities projects, you know, and if you need to come here for a day, it's a two hour drive. It's not a big deal. But I thought about it at that point, and I was like, you know, it's my goal to have my own architecture firm, and what better way to start it, like a low stress, I don't need to go find work all the time, you know, because that, that, he took all the risk. I mean, when he started this thing, um, he had a little bit of carryover from his previous job to when he first started, but I mean, he he took a huge risk because he didn't have the steady projects coming in right away. And he's right. got two daughters and a, and a family to provide for too, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, he really got the thing going and really rolling. So, um, he, you know, what's interesting about that though, took three phone calls. It did. Isn't that what was you've been in sales your whole life, Jason, is three phone calls about what it takes to make a sale? No, usually you need more. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he, but to, he knew what, what it was going to take really to, to get me to say yes. He knew that yeah. the real deal breaker was the fact that I didn't want to leave this area. Well, and he knew you. I think the first, I think the first phone calls, I think it's uh, seven no's, I think is the, is the seven magic no's. number or something like that. Uh, the first, the first handful of no's are, are simply getting like court, courting you, you know, should we talk? No. Seriously? Do you not want to know me? No. Right. And so you were over that from years ago cause you're best friends. That's great. So you're, you're now here in Rockford and you're doing this new thing. You've got a you've got a, a wife who's in nursing school. That's a big deal. Uh, and you've got a young baby. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. And now you're embarking on this new journey. 
but you've got a runway. You've got a runway of a year's worth of work. Mm -hmm. So you've, you kind of feel like this is, this is a very sure thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if without having that, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think I would have, um, just at this point in my life. I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it down the road, but at yeah. this point in my life, no, there's no way I would have. There's no way my wife would have let me do it either. Probably. Well, yeah. Because now the, now the formula's changed, right? Rockford is a town, and, and a lot of towns, especially ones that have been around for a while, there's not a shortage of architects. Uh, and usually you've got four or five architects that have been around for 50, 100 years. They've got the projects behind them, and you were with one of those. Mm -hmm. So you could knock on a door, say you're from Savita Gelhausen. They've already got you know, existing um relationships but now you're the new guy going in to compete against the the established firms mm -hmm. so how have you how have you handled that transition that was probably the most frustrating part and there was days when i would come home talk to my wife about it and i'd just be like you know i had a had a meeting with you know so and so just it depends on you know relation because my first thing i did was like okay you know who do i talk to now like okay i got my own thing going in rockford but like how do I get business now? Yeah. I, I, I just didn't understand completely how to do it. So um, one of the things I did is like, because I do, I really do value the relationship I had with my former employers too. And I know we, we talked about this at that meeting too. So it's like I, the one thing I didn't want to do was just call every contact I got from my previous job and try to take all their clients. Because I mean, that's not, I mean, it's not ethical and it's just not, you know, something I was even willing to do in the first right. place. So I'm, so I'm trying to kind of tiptoe around that, but also, you know, I need to, at the end of the day, this is my business and I, I need to, if this thing doesn't work, then in six months or not six months, but, you know, say this year that goes by when my partner says, you know, I'm still working on this stuff. Maybe he sees that Rockford's not doing anything and he's like, you know, this, this really isn't, you know, a good investment on my end. It's just kind of a waste of time. Um, you either need to move here or we're shutting the Rockford thing down because it's maybe communication wasn't working that well or something. So I felt some pressure as far as like I need to get some stuff going, but also I just have a lot of pride in what I'm doing, and I I, I don't really like to not do well in things. So I just from that perspective, I I knew I needed to go out and get stuff. So it I I kind of leaned on some of the like going back to my Ringland Johnson days, for example. You know, I met some people at um, some of the local hospitals and stuff like that that I would reach out to and set a meeting up with. Well, the way the meeting would go is. It's good to see that you're doing your own thing, Zach, but, you know, we're working with this architect. And then if we if we don't work with them, we work with this architect and we might even have a third backup plan. And they've worked with us for so long. They know exactly what we want. We're comfortable with their prices. They get it done on time. We don't really see in a situation where you fit in there. And if maybe if we had something really small one day, like if we just had to move like a couple beds around in a couple rooms, you know, you could do a quick <laughs> drawing for us or something. But... I just leave so frustrated thinking, how am I going to get in with anybody really? You know what I mean? But I just was persistent about it. Like, for example, I just, I was just always on the hunt. Like, who could I call? I'd, I'd read the paper every day and I'd see like, you know, maybe a, a, if you see of a project that's in the paper already, it's probably too late for you to get involved. But I would just see a name, you know, and I'd say, I'd, I'd start to just circle names and say, you know, maybe I could just call them and just say in the future, you know, if you just want a proposal from me or if I, that's the thing is I just want to get my foot in the door, you know? So I was reading the paper every day, just trying to see what things were happening in the area and who I could call or just driving down the street, you see a sign, um, you know, space for rent, call this number. Well, if someone's going to rent that space, they probably need an architect to design it for them. So maybe that company might need an architect because maybe they don't have one, you know, a constant one that they go to. So I started just looking 
for every possible person that might need an architect. And I just started calling everybody. You know, it's turned out that three or four of them have turned into continuing clients that I have that I really lean on, like as backbone sort of thing. Because that's the number one thing I'm looking for too is recurring clients. Because if you don't get that... You want to be the guy that when somebody walks in the door to ask for business, they say, oh, I've been working with Zach for years. Yeah. yeah. You want to be that guy. Yeah, most definitely. You know, I want, you know, whether it's through referrals or whatever, but the, the number one thing is like, if you can get a client that you know isn't going to just do this one project, and then when it's over, they're not going to build another building again. You know, they shake your hand, shake their hand, and just kind of like, okay, I'll see you when I see you. You know, I want to have a client that... Our industry, I can't project six months down the road. I literally, right now, have no clue what I'm going to be working on in six months. But that's just the way it is. And it's stressful to live that way, but um, that's just, people might not plan ahead that far, you know what I mean? But if you can get a client that, even though they haven't given you a project that's going to happen in six months, you know in six months they're going to be having another project. Uh, Developers, stuff like that. that's really what I was looking for. So I've, I've sort of started to develop some really key relationships with some of those people. And um, it's really taken off. Like I, I could have never imagined the business that I have. I'm so busy right now. And um, I only work on Rockford stuff now too, um, which is, you know, my partner and I, we've talked a lot about how we're structuring the business and how we're going to set different things up because um I would have never thought that at this point in the year I wasn't still going to be working on his projects all the time. Do they teach sales in architecture school? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, the extent of that, I mean, it, as far as like business stuff that they'll teach you, really, if you want to do that, you have to, there's a, there's a, I went to University of Illinois in Champaign. So basically they'll have like in grad school, you have to get your master's anyway to become an architect. Uh, they'll they'll have another MBA program. You basically stick around for an extra year, and they kind of teach you the business side of it. And I, I didn't do that. Uh, my partner didn't either. But we've, I mean, just our experience working in the firms we worked at, we kind of saw how, how that end of it worked. And a little bit of it, you know, we kind of just learning on the fly. It's kind of weird, but you, we're really confident in what we're doing uh, on that end of it. But sales, no. The only thing you learn sales, I, I take that back to some degree because after every presentation that you have, you have to stand up in front of, uh, you know, whether it's the the teachers or the professors that they have, but they always bring in guest guest architects from, and, then, and if you look at the, the list of alumni from the University of Illinois that are architects, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, and structural engineers, I mean, some of the... Huge buildings you see in Dubai, you know, those were done by U of I grads. Jeannie Gang, Jeannie Gang. I mean, yeah, she did our commencement speech when I was a when I was done in school, you know, and it was kind of like, okay, Belvedere, that's pretty cool, you know. You kind of see that. Is she as big a rock star as as she's made out to be in terms of just what she does? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's she's considered to be, you know, you look at the the best architects in the world, and she's one of them. You know, she's right up there with them. So I mean, but U of I grad, you know, and so they'll bring those people in for these critiques, and you're sitting down, they're they're sitting right in front of you, and you got to sell your project to them, and if they don't like it, they're going to tell you about it. And I've seen kids crying up there, college kids crying because of what they're professors and these guest critique people are saying to him you know what's so, the t- well what's the toughest critique you ever got see that's the thing is like i was oh come on you're not gonna say they're all good no they weren't <laughs> absolutely they weren't so this is kind of how i would i would talk about my my life as a college student you know these these critiques are for your design studio classes you know and i'll be the first one to admit that 
you know, when I was in college, I liked to have fun. And I, I definitely got my work done. Absolutely. But I wouldn't say that I worked as hard as maybe some of the other kids did. But the, at the end of the day, I was always confident in the fact that I was designing some cool stuff. But when I could get in there in front of the people and talk to them about it, like I was really confident that I could just kind of charm them a little bit or like make them laugh a little bit, you know, and kind of get it, get them on the right foot, you know, and just seeing my project and enjoying it a little bit more. But you know what? I was saying that I'm not saying I just threw out crap, you know, and they're just looking at it and they're just like, cause you can't, at that point you can't sweet talk them at either, you know, cause they're just like, I don't care what you say. That's building sucks, you know, but, (laughs) um, no. So that, at that end, yeah, it is. I mean, you're, you have to sell your, sell your work to them. And you have, if you're not confident in your work either, I mean, they're going to eat you up. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't believe in it, nobody is going to believe in it. They're going to ask you questions about it. Yeah. And if you don't have a good answer, they're going to be like, well, that was a stupid idea then to do that. So, so you, you've, you've effectively established a pretty good foothold then in this market, even though it's a pretty saturated market, because you've got this new methodology or new, maybe new way of thinking Plus, you seem to, you know, kind of be a go-getter. Uh, what are your What are your cons- concerns about the future? What does it What does it take for some of these other uh, architecture firms to begin competing with you? Yeah, and, and to be honest, the design build uh, nature of it, um, and that's that's one of the things too. Like uh, that that's that's our focus, but that doesn't mean necessarily that that's what we do. So, for example. Um, in this market, we talked about it a little bit, but it hasn't caught on as much as it has in the quad cities, for example. It's 80% of the work from my, from my conversations with my partner. He believes probably 80% of the work is design build. So basically, if an owner wants to build a building, he goes to the general contractor. He doesn't go to an architect like they would here. And he says, general contractor, I want a new building. The general contractor then is in charge of hiring an architect. So really what my partner did, it was pretty strategic at that point that he said, we're design build by architects because... Usually when you think of design build work, um, it's it's contractor driven. Right. So he wanted to say, well, we're architects, but we also can lead that charge. You know what I mean? So that's that's why he came up with the name. A matter of perception. So if, if you're doing a design build by a general contractor, the perception is it's going to be basic. Absolutely. Yeah, you're hitting right. it right on Whereas the head. Whereas if you yeah. say design build by architects, now you're, you're talking design, which is, you know, a branding you know, mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you hit it right on the head. That's exactly why he called it like like that specifically was because when you do think of design build work it's basic it's watered down design um it's probably i don't want to say cheap but it's no it is no i mean that's what people think or they think of like a pre-engineered metal building or a pole barn or something like that where uh, you know maybe a contractor just got a project and he's trying to keep the cost down you know as much as possible because a lot of times that's what the perception is too in the architecture realm at least a lot of times architects think contractors just want to cheapen everything up that's not necessarily true but that's a perception that's kind of you know a lot of people have so yeah you're right by saying that we're designed build by architects we're saying that we do that that's our specialty but it, it's us leading the charge and you're going to get a quality design from it too you're not just going to get this watered down design yeah one thing though when we were when we talked to one million cups you said you struggled a little bit with the name because yep. it there's i guess it has a lack of flair right or well, is that a good way to put it so so what happens is um because you're trying to you have to create a brand for yourself yeah we're in in my partner and i we've talked about this quite a bit and you know i'm not trying to he that was the brand name that he started in the quad cities because that works there really well and it's i mean it still does it's that's just who we are, you know what I mean? But in this area, like I said, it's not as, it's not as acceptable of a delivery method for 
you know, what we're doing here. So a lot of times when I'd, when I'd meet with clients, they don't do design build work. Like may, maybe they can't even do design build work because that's just the way their corporate structure is set up. Like they, they can't do it that way. They need to do it. Architect, do the drawing, send them out to a number of general contractors, you know? So when I would meet with them and they'd see our name, they'd see our business card, they'd say, oh, design build. Well, we don't do design build work. And I'd be like, well, that doesn't mean we can't not do it, but that's just our focus. And they would, I could just tell like they were quickly so right away you to get eliminated. Focus. Yeah, the, the name got you eliminated. It kind of pigeonholed us in this market. It really did. So the other thing is they would forget to say the buy architects. Right. So it's design build architects. So then they just think you're watered down architects. You right. know what I mean? Which you know, I'm just I'm just saying from my experience talking to clients, sure. they've told me this straight up. Yeah. So just getting that feedback. Um, we've, we've talked about it a little bit and I think that, you know, we're both on the same page that maybe it's a little, it's a little too long. It's a little too, um, it, it, it kind of does pigeonhole you a little bit. It's maybe a little too specific. So, um, we have, I don't want to, you know, specifically talk about them, but we have some names in line, yeah. uh, that, that we think could work. That's just more, much more condensed, but it gives like the idea of what the process is and, you know, just kind of some, Flashy words, so you're learning like quick from, words. You're that, learning from customer feedback then yeah. to uh, assess how they're perceiving you, and then you're just going to pivot to mm -hmm. something that is going to work. Yeah, if, and if it works, because you have you have this interesting uh, structure, and it's a partnership, but it's a partnership in two separate markets. Mm -hmm. And so, if you make a change in one market, do you have to make a change in both? I mean, how does that work? So we've we've talked about that a little bit too. And one of the one of the things behind the name is, well, you've because he's. He's been around now in the Quad Cities for a couple of years, mm -hmm. and he's yeah. he's really got it. I mean, when I started in January, it was Drew and I. He's got four employees in his office now. Oh wow! So I mean, things have really started to take off there, and that's one of the things we talked about. Well, if we do that, is this gonna are people gonna forget who you are? You know, or are they right. gonna think something happened? But so some of the, some of the like really easy things that we tried to do that we tried to kind of make it more of a seamless transition is, and I know this is basic stuff and, and it's yes yet to be tested. So we don't know hundred percent if it's going to really have the results we think it will. But yeah. um, one of the first things we did is we established like a, a, a logo, a color scheme and kind of like a, a font style that we thought would, would work well with what we're going for. And we're going to maintain basically all of that, except the name is going to change. You know what I mean? So we still have, we still have that, you look at it, like for example, we didn't get into it too much, but one of the big things that we do is design build architects is it means that we're more involved during the construction phase too. Mm -hmm. So by the contractors more involved early on, but that also means that maybe the drawings didn't get as developed as you needed to. So you can get things out quicker, but the contractor might be, you know, building something and saying, typically we'd have a detail of this wall right here, like a wall section of it. Well, you know, we didn't do that because we didn't need it for what we need, but now we need it because now we're building this wall and we need to know how it's built. Okay. Then, so we're more involved during the construction phase too. So one of the ways that we make our, ourselves more accessible is we have an Airstream trailer. Um, basically my, my partner found like this chromed out Airstream trailer that was from the fifties and he turned that thing into a mobile office. So basically we can have all of our stuff, like our regular office, our, all of our high power software. We have a smart board, a conference table and all that stuff. Um, that really makes it more interactive and helps us collaborate better with the contractor and the owner. We could all sit there and have our 3D model on the TV and fly around it and make markups on it and get everybody on the same page. It's just real time markups where wow. 
it's just that's different. Like I, yeah. I've never seen that in any other firm that I've had. But that was kind of one of his one of his big. If we're going to call ourselves design build by architects, then we need to separate ourselves design build wise from everybody else. So that was one of the things he did. And our logo, we have our Airstream trailer is built into that. You know, like it's our, like he's almost like people just refer to him as the guy with the Airstream. You know, that's that's kind of one of the so things. So when you expand it, you're going to have to like scour the country for another Airstream no, trailer? No, he's got a guy. He's got he's an got, Airstream oh. guy. <laughs> like he's got a guy yeah. that's got like multiple... <laughs> Yeah, you get airstreams. airstreams yeah. Airstreams are beautiful. Yeah, he's got like he's got a guy that's not too far away. I don't even want to say where he's at because I don't want anybody else to find out. Yeah, about I him, want an but... airstream. So, at what point? How big do you have to get here in Rockford to get a, get the airstream up here? Um, I don't know. To, to, to be honest, yeah, that's the thing. Is like it's almost like when uh, when you need it though. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. the, we we don't park it out there for the whole construction project. It's just like right. It's a critical construction stage. Like, for example, when they're pouring foundations, it's nice to have us there where we can, if you had a question about a dimension or something like that, we're there and we can bring it up on our screen and we can all stare at it and then mm-hmm. you can walk out the door and go do it, you know? So so for like a couple a week or two, you know, during that stage, we could do it. Or when they're laying the walls out, you know, the, uh, we could be there I, for you know, that. I never so. really, you know, you got to put numbers on thing to know what's, what's important. There was a building built out on State Street near um, the movie theater. And I remember when I used to work at the newspaper uh, talking to somebody off the record and that the design didn't have enough support in the middle of the building. So they were like 60% of the way into the process. And then they all of a sudden had to make a more than $1 million uh, cost adjustment. So, yeah, you, you have to be there because something like that means, one, you could put something out of business. The margin yeah, on these projects sure. are so small that if some kind of a million-dollar mistake, that could put somebody out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we and uh, there's been so many advancements in technology, and I know I'm not I'm not trying to say anything bad about any of the other firms in town, but I just know that when Revit Revit's the 3D powerful software that we can use. You know, we could do our construction documents, and we could do a 3D beautiful like photorealistic rendering with this software. And before it was just AutoCAD, which is basically just 2D. It's just you got to draw every single line you see on a construction document said you have to draw every one of those nothing's tied to each other it's just it's it's not as uh i guess it's it's just not as as powerful as what we have now but when people made that move to revit it was like a big deal for this area like a lot of the firms were just like whoa like we just we can use revit now it's like a big deal well now that they've done that i feel like a lot of them have just kind of like stopped there like that was so big of a move like that's where they're at and that's where they're going to continue to be i'm not saying all the firms there's a you know a couple of them that are definitely going to be staying on top of the latest technology but we're i mean we're okay we're younger for being uh, you know principals of architecture firms in this area for sure most of the most of the partners are older okay that's that's like a lot older than we are so i think we're really we're really just trying to stay on top of what the yeah. latest technology is and really i mean we can that's another advantage like we actually know how to use the software too a lot of the other partners that you see in town they still draw by hand and give it to a draftsman to you know so that makes us even more efficient that we're not spending the time drawing it by hand and then having someone draw it in the computer. We're just right. drawing in the computer from the get-go, and then we're, we're moving on from that. So so you've got a successful company up here. You've got a, uh, you've, you've got a partner. Your business is growing. What's upcoming for you, let's say, in this next year? Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to? The, so one of the things that I would uh, – I need to make a priority, and, I, and I'm really – I work every day to do this, is I really value the, the 
you know, there's a handful of uh, clients that I have right now that I, I really value them. And I know that if I had them specifically long-term, um, that that could be enough to just keep me rolling just all the time, you know, but I also kind of in a sentimental way, I guess you could say, I really appreciate cause they kind of took a chance on me too, you know, cause they didn't, I didn't have this well-established, you know, sort of reputation as some of the other people. So my number one priority is just to make sure that I maintain those relationships and keep those strong. Like the last thing I want to do is forget about those people and focus on anything else and, and lose that relationship because those are the types of clients I was going for and I got them and I just kind of want to want to keep that relationship strong. So um, the number one thing I want to do is continue to maintain those relationships, but also, um, you know, like, like we just did in the quad cities this year, I mentioned it was just my partner and I, now we have four employees there because we just got so much more work that it was, is warranted, you know? And, um, one of the things is like that, that's an advantage for me too, is I can rely on those guys if I need help right now. Like there's times throughout the week where maybe his guys need some stuff to do for a day or two because they're waiting for answers from their owner on a project they're working on and they can help me out with some stuff. But I mean, sure. I mean, I would never want to put a cap on it or anything like that. You know, I was, uh, I was, I'm working with Larson and Darby on a project and they're known as being kind of the biggest architecture firm in town. And I had a meeting there and I'm looking through their, you know, there's, I mean, they just got tons of workstations and they got tons of offices filled with people. I think I want to say they had 40 some employees right now. And I'm just like, you know, why not? I'm not, I'm not saying right now or in a year, like you're, I mean, that's just one year down the road, but I want to continue to build to be like something like that, you know? So I just don't want to put a ceiling on it, you know, but I understand baby steps, you know, I just, I got to get my foot in the door at, and I understand that that doesn't mean the most prestigious projects at first, but I have to build a portfolio from something. Those big projects you see, like I mentioned, the cancer center, the Swedish American cancer center. Um, those are built after hundreds of small projects. Yeah. And, and I mean, even to get the project, you have to give them a, uh, basically a book on what you've done. You know, they want to see projects you've done and they want to see, and they want to see projects of that scale that you've done. I can't show them a bunch of little, you know, 3000 foot restaurant renovations I've done and be like, yeah, I could do your $60 million project. You got to build your way up to that. And the only way to do that is to get your foot in the door. And, and that's another thing is like, I, you know, I try really not to turn projects down. Cause I just like you, even if it's the smallest project, I could learn something from that project that, you know, maybe it's a different project type. I submit it to the city and they're like, Hey, you know what? Like we don't accept this. We, you know, our ordinances say this and, you learn from that stuff and you're like, I will remember that for the next time. I will not make that mistake. But just little projects like that, you learn just little things on, on stuff. You won't make that mistake later. So, so in, in the interest of you getting clients, as we close up here, tell us how does someone get a hold of you to do work or explore doing work with design build by architects? Speaking of design build by architects, one of the biggest problems that people have with it is the biggest questions is you don't build anything. So what are, what your design build, but you don't specifically build anything. Like I said, it's a delivery process, but, um, one of the things you could do is reach us at our, I just say that because our website's actually called build by architects. Like I said, even Instead though we, of design build by architects, you know, cause that's it, long, it gets a little too long. Okay. So, and you know, so it's, it's build by architects.com. Uh, all of our contact information is listed on there. Um, I didn't know we talked about it a little bit before this, but I, my old office was by the Hanley furniture building, which got damaged pretty badly by that fire and the, the, the other things to go along with that, you know, but 
I just recently got a new office at 401 West State Street. It's Sweet one, sweet five hundred one. There's a lot of a lot of attorneys in there, but I'm I'm also in there too. Uh, and uh, my office phone number is eight one five nine zero four six 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 six. So awesome. that's my contact info. Well, well, thanks, uh, Zach. I appreciate you joining us. Always thanks to my co-host uh, Alex Geary, and we'll see you next time. And Thinker, what works podcast.